everyone. Thanks for tuning into the Big Mike and Buckets podcast. I'm happy that everyone's going to be joining. And to start it off, I'm just going to call my favorite teams. I'm a Mets, Knicks, and Jets fan. Growing up, my favorite Jets players was easily Darius, one of my favorite players of all time, actually. Rivera Island, baby. Come on, that's a, that's a fantasy name, Sarah. Let's go, Let's Mike. get it. Let's get it. And then now it's Mekhi Becton, because when Brian Baldinger does those reviews... That's this is the way. This is the way, Saren. I mean, Mikey, you like uh, run behind Makai, stretch left. It's a go-to yeah, play. Yeah, Ty Johnson. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh, so I'm Jeff Saren. Uh, my favorite teams. Everybody knows huge Knicks fan. Uh, Yankees and Giants. I also like the Jets, Mets, and Nets a little bit. It's I mean, a joke. Once uh, once the Nets left New Jersey, I'll be honest, it, it hurt me. It hit me in the heart a little bit. Going to the games in the eyes out center. Now they're in Brooklyn. He doesn't know uh, to root for the Giants or the Jets. That's just how he is. That's just how it goes. You need somebody. You need somebody to root for. They play in different conferences I mean, for the most when, part. When Daniel Jones is bad, it's okay. But then when Sam Darwin's good, you're like, oh, I'm a Jets fan. And then hey, Daniel Jones hey, whatever works, man. Daniel Jones with all those stumbles. You're like, no, 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 no. He's not my guy. He's not my guy. <laughs> nah, but uh, growing up, big Vince Carter fan, uh, number 15. Got to represent. Same. Anybody that wore number 15 is a great player, Mikey. I'm not going to lie. I wore number 15. Great player. That's how it goes. Three's but, lucky uh, number. Three's definitely the number. Carmelo is also <laughs> my guy. He didn't wear 15 with the Knicks, but, you know, another great player. Out in there. college, in college, Jeff. But, uh, you know, if I'm picking Yankees, you got to go with Mariano Rivera, the Sandman. I mean, respect. greatest closer of all time. you got to respect that. No debate. Respect that. And, I, I mean, uh, growing up as a kid, the Mets, I mean, Mike Piazza, the pizza man delivers. Those <laughs> those are my guys. I mean, the Giants, it's uh, it's tough sailing right now to pick a favorite player, I'll be honest. Yeah, yeah, there's, 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 there's really, I mean, who, who am I supposed to say there? I mean, Dexter Lawrence, sir. I think, Dexter I, think, Lawrence. I, think, I think my favorite Giant right now is Joe Judge. <laughs> Oh, that's, my God. I, I want to say Saquon, but I know I'm not allowed to yeah, say his no, name no, around you. No, you. definitely not. Who drafts back me. at two? Who drafts Rome back at two? That that seems to be the issue. But the pick at three, Sam Darnold's been great for you. So Looking good. Looking real good, Saren. You know who else has <laughs> been looking real good, Mikey? Is the Brooklyn Nets last night. You want to talk some Nets-Lakers basketball? Oh, let's, let's do it. So the Brooklyn Nets played the Golden State Warriors last night to open up the NBA season. I mean, I know we were talking about it earlier, Mikey. The Nets won by 26. They might have played last night, but it wasn't much of a game. It was not. I mean, from the jump, the Nets put up 40 points in the first quarter. Kyrie had 17. It was the coolest 17 points I think I've ever seen. I mean, he did that without breaking a sweat. Yeah, Kyrie looked nice. I think KD looked better. You thought KD looked better. What would you like about KD in that game? I think KD, the way he can come back. Look look at that. He comes back from the torn Achilles. Was he still explosive to you? You think oh he's got God. it? He still got it. Yeah, I mean, he's got the juice, like you like to say. Like <laughs> yeah. he's got the juice he's still. We got the juice. He was rising up over some uh, some big name players on Warriors. He went over James Wiseman, a rookie. He hit a few jumpers over him. I mean, it was like that though. It's like his demeanor. He looks like he expected that to happen. He looked he looked real good, sir. Yeah, K- Katie and Kyrie, they came to play. And Karis LeVert off the bench with a cool 20-piece. The three yeah. of them the all put are, up 20 the points. Deep. The Nets are deep. The Nets are very deep, and they're very talented. But yeah. let's talk about this Warriors team just for a second. Oof. What did you think about them? I think the, I think they're still missing Clay, And I don't really think Draymond really factors in that much. I think Clay is really the missing piece. He spaces them out. I think Curry really relies off of Clay. Oh, definitely yeah, offensively, you could tell. Curry, I mean, Curry put up 20 points, but he shot 7 of 21. I Who wants to score on that that's team, rough. Jeff? Who wants to score on that team? Wiseman put up 19 points, but there were definitely a lot of no. garbage time buckets yeah. at the end. It, no. it, they were relying on Oubre and Wiggins, and Oubre they combined for 19 points. But those guys ain't no clay. Yeah, I mean, Kelly Oubre, I'm a fan of his, but he shot 3 of 14. Yeah. Wiggins shot 4 of 16, and there was a point early in the game where Wiggins got a lot of open looks and was from one three, for eight and he had two turnovers. They're, they're, they're begging him to shoot. They just let him stand out there. No one even cared about him. It was it was really ugly to watch. I mean, Eric Paschal had a big rookie year for the Warriors. He had a lot of opportunity there. He only put up six points last night getting the starting role of Draymond out. I know you're not a big D'Angelo Russell fan, 
But do you think they missed him last night? I, they they missed the shooting. <laughs> yeah. They definitely missed the D'Lo the, shooting. The playmaking. Wiggins isn't a playmaker in Ubre. I mean, he's a little inconsistent for me. I don't know about that. Nah, I mean, that's that's totally fair. I think the story of the night though is the Brooklyn Nets look legit. Yeah. I don't know how far do you think they're gonna go, Mikey? If you had to guess, they're definitely gonna be. They're definitely gonna be in the conference finals. You think so? You think yeah. the over Miami or those yeah. other teams? Just you they're, think it's them in the Bucks? They're deeper than both those teams. They're not deeper than the Bucks, but they're as deep as the Bucks. All right, well, here's the next biggest question: You think Kyrie and KD stay healthy no. the whole season? Kyrie, February, the guy's gonna be hurt. <laughs> <laughs> you gonna bookmark that? Yeah. You can bring this back up. He's definitely going to be hurt. That's just how he is. I, I mean, he'll be around for the playoffs, but during regular season, he's not going to be there. I don't doubt it. I don't <laughs> I don't doubt it. Those guys have missed a lot of time. But yeah. also, when they're on the floor together, they're pretty special. Yeah, looked, they looked real good last night. Definitely. All right, now going back into injuries, you got my New York Knickerbockers playing tonight against the Indiana Pacers. Home opener. Without Austin Rivers, it's going to be a tough one. Yeah, I don't really think Austin Rivers is going to be missed that much, but I think the Knicks are making a big mistake if they're starting Peyton at point guard. I'd, rumor has it. Rumor has it. Right now, we'll see. Alfred Payton will draw the start, I believe, along with Alec Burks, R.J. Barrett, Julius Randle, and probably Nerlens Noel, possibly Mitchell Robinson. How do you feel about that starting five? All career journeymen who have really all done nothing. You play the young guys. you got to respect R.J. you got to respect this game. Except for R.J. But Alec Burks, Alfred Payton... They didn't even resign in this offseason. They want to. They want to go free agency. It's a joke. Hey, Alec Burks can shoot the three ball at a high clip. <laughs> Alfred Payton, on the other hand, not so much. I think mean, he shot Who about twenty percent from three last year. So what does it matter if Alec Burks can shoot the three pointer? He's a they, shooting guard. We need more. We need more than that for they, RJ. They need spacing around RJ. They need him with shooters. I don't think the issue is so first. We have Norman Noel, Noel, Noel on the court, and we need spacing for RJ. Well, they also need interior <laughs> defense, which they're getting from nobody else, uh, thanks to Julius Randle's interior yeah, Julius defense. They, the whole the whole team is not. It's not going to perform well. I mean, really, the, I think the killer of that starting five is you can't have Alfred Payton and Julius Randle on the floor together with RJ Barrett because then then you have two guys who can't shoot the three pointer. Although, they'll elect to shoot a few three-pointers. They're probably not going to go in. I told Jeff that if the Knicks went over 25 games this year, I'd get him a jersey of anybody he wants. And I'm feeling pretty confident that that's not going to happen. I, do, <laughs> I don't know what you guys think, but I'm feeling that Obi Toppin jersey. Oh, I, I, I'm not worried about it. He'll still end up buying the jersey for himself. <laughs> but I'm, I'm not worried about having to spend Hey, you're a big Star Wars guy. I mean, the Obi-Wan Kenobi, he might be your guy. And maybe the t-shirt, Jeff. Maybe you that t-shirt. I'll tell you what, Mikey. <laughs> on my latest blog, on my Knicks Lifers page, I uh, I made a bold prediction. I said Emmanuel quickly is going to have a bigger impact for the next season than Obi Toppin. Yeah, because they have no guard play. They have all these power forwards and no guards. So let me let me ask you. Do you think Emmanuel quickly is going to be the starting point guard by the end of the year? No. 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 Who do you think is going to be the starting I point think, guard? I think they're either going to roll a Payton or they're going to have to trade for somebody. I don't think they're giving it right too quickly. I don't. Th- I, I see opening night. It might not be Quickly's. I bet you in a, in a week or two, it's Quickly's job to lose. They're not going to give Emmanuel quickly. The starting job based on one solid preseason game. I know you're going off. I know the threes make you feel a different way, but they're just not going to give him the starting Mikey. job two weeks from now. Here's the it has thing. has to be consistency over the course of the season. Maybe they'll give him the job. Here's the thing, Mikey. The Knicks are desperate. They need help. <laughs> yeah, they are. Desperately. And he was not only the answer for himself, not only the answer for the point guard play. Everybody else around him played better. Knicks had the highest net rating when Emmanuel Quickly was on the floor this preseason. I get it. It was preseason. It's preseason. They're playing the Cavaliers. He, he wasn't playing the greatest of players. He's playing a lot of teams, second and third stringers. But he went toe-to-toe with Colin Sexton and Darius Garland in that Cavs game. 
And he brought out the best in Kevin Knox. He brought out the best in R.J. Barry. He brought out the best boy in the rest Kevin of the Knox, players. Boy Kevin Knox. My boy Kevin Knox can shoot it. He's yes, a he sniper. Can. I like Kevin Knox. I Easy money that. sniper Kevin Durant. Shout out KD. Right, but over there. Kevin Knox was letting it fly. No, I, I, I think Emmanuel Clickley will have to prove himself a little more before they give him the starting point guard role on the Knicks. I mean, Listen, I, un- I understand not playing him opening night, although I think Knicks Twitter will crucify Tom <laughs> Thibodeau if Emmanuel Clickley is not in uh, by the, the three-minute mark. That's why you got to like Tom Thibodeau. He does not give a shit. See, I, I, I do like Tommy Tibbs, but here's my point, Mikey. Alfred Payton, you know, is not the long-term answer at point guard. No. Emmanuel quickly, not that I'm saying it's likely he is, he could at least be a long-term answer off the bench at point guard. Why does he have to play point guard? Why is Alec Burke starting? Quickly's proven he can shoot. Listen, I like quickly as a two also. <laughs> yeah. But I don't I don't know. I mean, you, you make a fair point. Why doesn't he just play the two in the starting lap? The issue is then the Knicks don't have any point guards. If he's going to play the two, yeah, but I mean, Dennis Smith Jr.'s looked very yeah. shady. I liked him, but this is... This Alfred Payton looks very shaky. Yeah. I mean, Frank Nilkina is my guy, but they're playing him <laughs> more at the two than the one nowadays. Yeah, what's up with Frank's health? Frank's groin in and it's out. Still, still... I, I think it was a groin. Okay. I mean, he, he's got the lingering prostate. They said yeah. he's fine for opening night. I think it was just precautionary. Were you upset when they didn't want to discuss long-term extension? I don't think... I see the, the long-term extension talk, that has nothing to do with how they feel about Frank. They're letting it play out. What do you out. mean? They have him as a restricted free agent. It's like they can NFL. match any offer. There's there's no point in them it's offering like the him money now. They don't give you the fifth-year option. They don't, they don't really... No, but it's, it's, it's a make-or-break year for him. So if Frank does well, they have him as a restricted free agent. So yeah. he's theirs to lose still. If he has a bad year, then oh, so they didn't they already get, offer him the what money. They did with Dotson. Exactly. I get what you're saying. Except they let Dotson walk, yeah, and yeah. now Frank Nilkia is going to make 20 <laughs> mil a year because he's going to be our starting point guard. <laughs> Relax over All there. right, that was a joke. Yeah, I know it was. <laughs> but, you know, he might find himself a little three years, maybe 8 to 12 mil a year. So speaking of bum situations, how are you feeling about moving into the Giants, you know, with that R.J. Barrett pick? How does it make you feel? Listen, that little R.J. <laughs> Daniel Jones photo for opening night got me fired up. I'm not going to lie. I got the juices flowing, Mikey. Got the juices flowing. Obviously, uh, it was not a good picture. And I really don't think the Giants could be winning this weekend. Listen, obviously, the Giants have been struggling lately. They really are relying on the defense. Last week, they were without Bradbury. I think that that influenced him a lot. The offense. Jeff is... thinks Bradbury is the best cornerback in the league. No, no, he I think for, he, I think he's the second about, best. He forgot about Jalen Ramsey. Listen, you got to give Xavier <laughs> Howard his credit, but James Bradbury is a nice number two. He's a nice number oh two. Oh my god, you even include Jalen Ramsey? All right, listen, buddy. You know he's at least top five. I'm still not sure about that. Oh come on! I really don't think so. All right, fine. That now you're just sleeping on the Giants. What about Blake Martinez? You think he's a good linebacker? I think he's a good linebacker. He's All right. Most tackles. What about your boy Leonard Williams from the Jets? <laughs> Merry Christmas. Yeah, right. He's playing great. He's been great. He's playing real well. He's Evan Ingram made a Pro Bowl. I now don't know you, how. Now you got to pay Leonard. And do you want to pay $15 million a year? That's, that's that's not for me to decide, Mikey. But would you? Uh, it's it's a tough call. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's really he's really made the rest of the defense significantly better. The issue is I, I would rather pay an edge rusher. They've got no pass rush right yeah. now. I still think, though, that it's same with the Jets situation. Leonard Williams was hamstring without having an edge rusher, and the Giants will have that. So I think if they get that, have Leonard Williams, have Dexter Lawrence, I think that would be a solid D-line. They have a nice little yeah. defense going, Mikey. The issue is offensively, we get a little Daniel Jones healthy. Yeah. We get Saquon healthy. Think Daniel Jones being healthy or Saquon being healthy is really going to help anybody, to be honest with you. What do you, you don't <laughs> think Saquon Barkley? I think Saquon's nice, but I just don't think that Daniel Jones is really going to be elevating that many people on that offense. So you, do you, so you don't think Daniel Jones is the long-term answer for the Giants at quarterback? No. You think they draft a quarterback no, this year? No, I do not think they draft a quarterback this year. But I think eventually they will be drafting another quarterback. Wow, that's a hot take out of Mikey Riff. Hot take from the 908 right there. <laughs> Jeff, come on. Daniel Jones is not what Daniel Jones' team. rookie year was throwing the ball a little Jeff, bit, before, Mikey. before, like three weeks ago, all the only team to beat was the Redskins. <laughs> 
<laughs> I mean, listen, he's having a rough go of it yeah. this year. No, it, it was a but, little bit uh, too good. I, I don't think his receiving core is all that good either. Mm. I mean, you you watch some of the games. They're nobody so, open. And then it brings you back to Dave Gettleman. You traded away the best receiver the Giants had in 10 years for a D lineman and a strong safety. Yeah, Mikey, but you but can't now, tell now me. Now you're making paid. the same argument now. <laughs> you can't that tell we don't me. Have a wide receiver. You, you had a wide receiver. Mikey, I mean, I get it. Odell Beckham's a star player, but what he's done for the Browns team is not much. And look at the payroll that guy's making. You're going to sit here and tell me the Giants can find another receiver that would help them out significantly for half that price? I mean, he did that with Golden Tate. How much has Golden Tate done? Listen, Golden Tate obviously is towards the end of his career. Yeah. They're, the Giants' tra- offense misses some speed. You traded Odell, and then you're like, oh, Dave Gunn's like, oh, we're going to sign Golden Tate. Such a great move. Listen, Golden <laughs> Tate has, has definitely not lived up to what they'd hoped him to be. No. Sterling Shepard is a really nice uh, he also possession too, receiver. He also hasn't lived up to what they hoped he would be. Yeah, but it, I think it's tough in this offense. They're not throwing the ball down the field a lot. They're not throwing the ball a lot he in general. when he had Shermer. That's, that's a different story. I mean, we want to run the ball, though. So how many years is this guy to get before you say – and you still say we need receivers. Listen, I think Sterling <laughs> Shepard's a very good possession receiver, very good number two receiver. I think Darius Slayton's a great deep ball threat. But you need that one guy you can count on. So James snap Crowder in and snap out. or Sterling Shepard? Oh, I take Sterling Shepard every day. Oh of the week. my god, I'm taking Jameson Crowder. That's a joke. It's that's not a joke. a joke. See, what should Crowder can't do Nathan? What are you talking about? Mikey, I mean, the guy had two touchdowns against the who? who the guy is catches it? a lot of balls, sir. You're talking about possession receiver. Mikey, What's I mean, come Shepard on. Done? The Jets can't even move the ball. They got Mims, they got Perriman, and Crowder. He's the third option. Don't, don't bring up Perriman. Don't bring him up. <laughs> that's your guy. Mims is my guy. Mims Perriman, guy. come on. Listen, Mikey, if you want to talk Jets football, let's talk about their biggest win of the season, only win of the season, so they couldn't get Trevor uh, Lawrence. I think that might be the worst win in sports history. It was, it was, I think they said it was one of the biggest underdog upsets. The seven, their Jets were 17 and a half point underdogs. Forget about the underdog, Mikey. Even the Jets didn't want to win that game. That's the like play, the South Park episode. Was, you ever seen the Little League <laughs> South Park episode where each team's trying to lose because they just want to go home early and stop playing? I have not seen that, actually. Well, well, the, the, it was like the Jets and the Jaguars are both desperately trying to lose, <laughs> and the Jaguars are just better at losing <laughs> yeah. than the Jets. I thought I never thought I'd say that, but it is obviously true this season. <laughs> the Jets should have never won this game. All right, Mikey. So I was, I was completely indifferent. Up until about when they lost to the Patriots. I wanted them to beat the Patriots at home. I know. You were, you were banking they, on them to win that game. And then once they lost, I was like, might as well just lose. All because right. what's the point now? I mean, Mikey, here's another question for you. Who do you think is the better prospect coming out of college? Do you think it was Trevor Lawrence or when Joe Burrow came out? Oh, it was Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence, really? Yeah. So you're going to say the Jets might have just missed out on a generational quarterback. Could have been the best quarterback New York I, has I seen in a very Trevor long Lawrence time. Does, I mean, I don't think Joe Burrow moves the way Trevor Lawrence moves. I think Trevor, Especially Lawrence, now I think Trevor Lawrence can hit like a 4-7, four, 4-6. Seven, four, like Daniel Jones, <laughs> Mike. He's fast. Uh, they're not, you can't compare him. That's, that's not even funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I found it funny. <laughs> no, but, uh, but, but so I Mike, think Joe Burrow does things that are specialist-wise, number one. But I think Trevor Lawrence is going to be the upper echelon type of quarterback. All right, Mike. So say the Jets get the two pick. Jaguars take Lawrence at one. Who do you want the Jets to take at two? It's, it's too premature for me, I think. I don't think I can say that. Without, I think, do, you, do you think they go quarterback? Do you think they f- throw I think Sam it, Darnold? I think, we need to see how, I think Joe Douglas already has his assessment on Darnold. I don't think these last few games even matter. I think he knows what he wants to do with him, personally. And I think Douglas also has to take his own guy. All right, well, let me ask you. Do you think that new coach is coming in? Do you think he, he should he should have a big say in what's going to happen? Do you, do you think there are a lot of coaches like, in the NFL like who go, you know what, I'd like Sam Darnold right now? Or do you think no, I think the new majority coach has of them would pick what, Kim, what Kingsbury was given. Kingsbury had Josh Rosen. And then he was given the choice: you want to keep him or you want to get Kyler. Well, I, I mean, that was new, kind of a no-brainer. Yeah, but, but I think, but if, I think if, the new if, coach has to have that leeway where it doesn't matter who we draft, doesn't matter who he is. I want to get my guy. I want to coach him. All right. Well, another thing: obviously, the Jets got a lot of rebuilding to do. 
What do you think Joe Douglas is going to do? You think he's got a lot of moves to make this offseason? Yeah. Who on the Jets right now do you think is a long-term keeper? Who, who's a free agent this offseason? Well, or who do you think on the current roster will still be here in a few years? Oh, I think their past two first-round picks, Quinn Williams and Mekhi Bacton, will obviously be here. Of course. I think Denzel Mims will obviously be here. I think Marcus May will sign about three to four year, three to four-year contract. Um, I think Brian Poole will be here in a couple of years. Yikes. He's a good slot cornerback, Jeff. He was rated top five last year. This Mikey, if he's one of your top five guys, yeah, you see I know, forward? I know what you're trying to say, but he's a free agent this offseason. That's why I bring up his all name. right, all right. I don't think Jordan Jenkins could be here. He was like one of the last draft picks. What about Bless 20. Austin? How do you feel about him? He's <sighs> he's been getting cooked. He's been getting burnt like toast, Mike. See, what's the difference between Bussell Austin and what's his name, uh, Lamar Jackson? What's the difference between them? What does Bless Austin do better? I, I, I don't think both. <laughs> That's what are I'm trying to say. Very valuable. I think they're both like fifth or sixth option guys. Yeah. Yeah. I think the Jets got a lot of retooling to do. Although they have what seven of the top 100 picks, five, five, five. Yeah. And they've got two first rounders. Well, they they got two firsts. They got one second. They got, I think, one third and two fourths. It's it's. I'll tell they you got, what. Moving the, forward, it's going to be giant, very they, they interesting. They have the Giants second fourth. I know that. This is going to be a huge offseason for Joe Douglas and the yeah. Jets. New head coach, possibly a new quarterback, lots of draft picks. So what do you think they're going to do this offseason at the quarterback position? I, I think they're in a very tough spot right now because Sam Darnold still could be their future. I'd like to see Sam succeed same, in New York. Same. You know, he wants to be a New York guy. He wants to be a Jets quarterback. But on the other hand, he's going to have to get paid soon. And the Jets roster, really, I mean, they're just not there. It's the they time have the timeline doesn't the t- match up. I want to say the timeline doesn't match up, but also, I mean, Sammy D's still pretty young. The issue is is paying him. If you're going to pay a quarterback that much money, you got to have a team to build around him, yeah. and they have nothing. Given if you don't have a quarterback, you have nothing in this league. You need your quarterback. So if you think Darnold's your guy, screw it. You pay him. But because, but Darnold's also proven he needs a team around him to be good. So if you're going to pay him all this money, you expect him to kind of take put the team on his shoulders. He hasn't done that in three years. See, I, w- I would say that's a fair point, but also – you don't really know how good he could be with a legitimate that, coach. Always be the Adam Gase is yeah. definitely holding them back. I agree with you on that too. The I mean, ninety nine percent of the plays on first and second down are stretch left or dive left. <laughs> back to them. Yeah, I'd be the running behind Beckton. I respect it, <laughs> yeah. but it's a joke. You're watching the game. And you're like, here it comes, run left. Yeah, everybody knows it's coming. And Sean McVay still lost. <laughs> and Sean McVay still lost. Which is, oh. Question Jared Goff yeah. over there now yeah. and the Rams. Darn look better than Goff yesterday. Just like I questioned the Steelers. They've been tumbling lately. But uh, going back to your point, what do I think the Jets should do? I think if you like Fields or Wilson, if you fall in love with them, you have to take them there too. I mean, Darnold, he could be their guy. But I just don't feel like Joe Douglas, he didn't draft him. The new head coach probably isn't in love with Darnold. They're going to probably want to pick their choice of Fields or Wilson, whoever they can come to agreement that yeah. they like, and then they'll build around them with their other 500 draft picks and however much money they have in free agency. They've got tons of cash. They build a whole new lineup around them. Good. Zach Wilson looked pretty damn good the other night, he didn't, didn't he, Mike? I, I was watching the game. I thought he looked real. I thought he looked good, but I know UCF sucked. Yeah, I mean, you got you got to take that into account, but he really was slinging the rock, yeah, and the would. ball comes out easy out of his hand. I still think his best throw was what no one was talking about. It was, I think it was about midway through the second quarter. He looked left, he looked right, and threw dart right over the middle. And I was like, I've yet, now, I haven't seen Justin Fields do that. It was it was a nice throw. I would, I'll pull up the clip on the Twitter page. It was a good throw. I'll tell you what, whether they go with Darnold Wilson or even Fields, it would be nice to see the Jets throw a ball down the field to Denzel Mims yeah. and your boy Jamison Crowder. <laughs> Next season, it will, it will be. I don't even know if Crowder's going to be here next year. <laughs> <laughs> That's the ice got the cake there, Mikey. He's going to pay seven and a half million dollars next year.
To do what? Catch two catches a game? Two balls? I don't think he, he gets targeted a little over eight times a game. So he's catching at least four Honestly, times. Honestly, those are some pretty interesting stats because it feels like the Jets throw the ball eight times a game. <laughs> Very true. Right. And Darnold's not always hitting those guys either. <laughs> All right, Mikey, now that we know the Jets' futures are Mets, let's look at the Mets where their future actually looks pretty bright. Stevie Cohen, your boy, oh. your man. That was easily one of the best things that's happened in a long time for New York sports. Who are they getting, Mikey? Do you like the McCann signing? I like the McCann signing because we need a catcher. Wilson Ramos, who's a good hitter, but defensively, he was a liability. And I seriously do think we need to get Springer. We need to upgrade center field. I'm not a Nimmo fan. So many Mets fans are. I do not think he's good. I don't think he does anything that's valuable in in the MLB right now. I I like (laughs) the McCann signing for the Mets because the Mets have always had great starting pitching, and then they had a terrible bullpen and a terrible defense behind them. So you're completely negating your starting pitching if they're going to blow the game after him or the fielders can't field the ball. So if you're going to build around starting pitching, you better get a bullpen. I liked what they did get in Trevor May. Now you get James McCann helping him out defensively behind the dish. Now let's get some defensive pieces in the field. I mean, George Springer, he's, he's a he's five-tool player. He's a center fielder. You put him Nimmo's out there in center. He's a center fielder. I, I think Nimmo and Conforto both could play center. Yeah, but they're not center fielders. I, th- I, I think they both could definitely play center field, but George Springer is an all-star center fielder. And to, to my point, I really like Trevor Bauer. I think the Mets could, sure, use one more starting pitcher like that. But if I were them, I'd take the guy that plays five, six times a week, sit him out there in center field, hit Springer first, second, or third, wherever you want him, and he's going to play almost yeah. every game. The one thing I really like about Springer is, is he comes from a he comes from an organization where, even though the Astros had that scandal, they were winning all the time. He was in the postseason getting big at-bats. Yeah, I mean, he I even hit guy, this offseason. I, I want a guy who's already successful. He's Even though he's a little older, I want a guy like that. I want, I want a superstar. He's he's a big-time player. And, yeah. you know, Stevie Cohen's willing to pay big-time money for big-time players. He should. Uh, I, think Springer is, I think Springer's that guy this offseason. I think they need to get him. I, yeah, I would agree. Do you think maybe they make a trade? There have been rumors about Arenado, Lindor. I want Lindor over Arenado. I, really think, I don't think that's even a debate. I, I think <laughs> any Mets fan would gladly take either yes. at this point. Arnato would be the, the first third baseman that the Mets have had since David Wright that you would feel good about, comfortable about playing out there every day. I agree, but we, I think we went over this a little bit a couple weeks ago. Was the opt out? I'm really worried about him opting out because you don't trade big assets for a guy who may not be here two years from now. Listen, I agree with that, but I think you get Stevie Cohen in a room. You say, Nolan, just agree with us. I'll give you a blank paycheck. I couldn't see him walking away from New York. But the reason why we got to come is to sign guys. And I want to rebuild the farm system. We want to let's sign the guys, let's build up the farm system. Those guys graduate to MLB. Let's not train away to other teams that seem to do good on other teams. Mikey, you've been rebuilding the farm system for 20 years now. It's time to cash in. The time is now. If you want to go out and get George Springer, you're pushing. Your time is now. You better go get some and make a yeah, splash. Yeah, but I would rather have Lindor over getting Ar- Arenado for trading big prospects. Hey, I respect that. I mean, and the Indians are, are down. Francisco to deal. Lindor would be <laughs> a big time pickup. You got you got to factor in a mid Rosario would have to be going out. In that trade. Get, get him off the team. Listen, I, me. <laughs> I think he's a solid player, but if you're a speed guy, yeah. you better hit for contact. And I, it's nice to have the five tools. He hits for power. He's got the speed. I think, he's got some always, I think we're always going to be waiting on Ahmed Rosario. We're going to be waiting to see. Like He's not Gliber. Like, we didn't have to wait for Gliber. He came up. He's already raking. I, I agree, but I mean, not every guy is going to come in and be a star. But Ahmed he was, Rosario. He's a top five prospect in baseball. You can't go off that, though, because you're not expect, you, your expectations are too high for him. If Ahmed Rosario was a nine hitter hitting 270, was stealing he's 20 to do, 30 bags, that, and hitting 15 <laughs> homers. But I'm saying if that's what he became, you'd be all right with that. Yeah, if but he's not shortstop. even doing that. 
I know, and that's why <laughs> if I were to match, I trade for Francisco yeah, Lindor. I would give you'd have to give up yeah. a lot more pieces, but. I'm also saying if Ahmed Rosario was your shortstop, you had Andres Jimenez in the mix. And then uh, you put Nolan Arnauto at third base, you're yourself a lineup. But to your point with DJ LeMayu, I mean, he's a superstar. I don't know what the Yankees are doing, what Brian Cashman's doing. I think he's just pushing buttons, trying to work the offer (laughs) down. There's no way the Yankees let him walk. What what is Brian Cashman doing the past three off-seasons? What has he been doing? Listen, Brian Cashman, <laughs> you got to give him credit. The Yankees are a World Series favorite or contender, contender. every year. They're a contender. The issue is they've been that one pitcher, that one player it's always, away it's every always, year. Every year, I feel like we always talk about Yankees starting pitching, Yankees starting pitching. Where's the starting pitching? Listen, Garrett Cole is a star. He's I an think, ace. Yeah, he, but I'll admit, definitely. he's the second best pitcher in New York yes, behind DeGrom. That's another non-debate. <laughs> that It's debatable, DeGrom, but I'll DeGrom's make it a non-debate. A DeGrom is the guy. I'll give it to you. Yeah. No, but, but along with Garrett Cole, the Yankees have had a great bullpen for years. I mean, they had Tanaka, they had yeah, Paxton, they, just, they, they have they now they have Sevy. Arm. That's all. They need another arm that they can throw in at the back. I agree. They need one more guy. I mean, you've got you got Garrett you Cole, you got Luis Severino. You, you don't know. You, you got Debbie Garcia. Look great. Yes, you got like Domingo Herman. You don't know what he's going like to be Herman like. Too, but you, you can't got the youngsters, Clark Schmidt, Jordan Montgomery. Every Yankee fan's like, "Oh, Severino's coming back. We have another number one." You, the guy's been hurt for two years straight. Yeah, I'm you not. I'm not. Him. I'm not going to call him a number one, but you put him behind pitch, that Yankee he's offense he's as a number good. two or three. He's pitching good a couple years ago. He was. He was throwing pretty good. Plus, yeah. I mean, you're looking at Severino, Devi, or Herman. If they're all healthy and eligible, just just sign any of them just could be the number guy. two. Just sign another guy. Just give yourself some insurance. You have the money. Give yourself the insurance. I agree. I mean, it would be really nice to see them go out and get Bauer or another player, but they don't, I they don't need. Bauer. I think. I think the focus has to be DJ. You got to resign all these guys. They don't need Bauer. And they need I to. Agree. Oh, they need to I agree. It would be nice contract. if they have Bauer. They have but to they don't contract. Even if they even want to pick a third of it for the next. Well, couple that's years. another issue with the Yankees. Yeah. What is their spot in catcher? I mean, if Gary Sanchez has looked pretty shaky, but he <laughs> has shaky. flashes of guy, being pretty what good. Was the guy bad this year? It was low, Jeff. It was yes, low. but he had one bad month when he came back from injury. If you take that away, his OBP was pretty solid. His slugging was very good. The the, the you can't worry about his offense, Gary Sanchez. The no. issue is he can't catch the ball behind the dish. Can't block the ball. Yeah, and it's losing and, them games. And then Garrett Cole, you're, now you have your most expensive free agent you've ever got. And now you have him throwing to Gary Sanchez. Hey, Garrett, <laughs> Garrett Cole's guy is Kyle Higashioka. Everybody knows it. Yeah, but and still, that's all right. The, the issue is for take, every other starter. You don't want to have to pay the catcher to take him out of the game when, you're, when you paid the pitcher to come in to even pitch against these guys. Come I know. On. I mean, Gary Sanchez is a very real issue for the Yankees. I think first and foremost, you got to bring back DJ. I don't think there's any way they let him go. Never yeah, mind no, let him go to the Mets. Go. They can't let him go. After that, you got to get another starter, and you have to take a look at catcher. I mean, could you survive another year with Sanchez and Nagashioka? Sure, but I don't know if you're winning the World yeah, Series but, with yeah, that. But platoon. you don't, you don't want to have to take out your catcher when when your pitcher's pitching. You don't want to take out your your yeah, high, well, I mean, you could always high paid position. You could always DH Sanchez, but I, I think realistically, well, he's just though? not he's just not going to play it's, it's when Garrett Cole's pitching. How can well, when the playoffs come around? How can you? How Higashioka can is going to be. At least catching for Garrett Cole. I don't know how you sell that. I think the Yankees set up the roster. I don't think. I just don't think it's set up to be successful. You have Stanton, who who's a, who can only be the DH. I don't think he can even be a right fielder. I think he he could give you games in the outfield. The issue is the Yankees have so much talent in the outfield. He's not needed there. The yeah. thing about the Yankees, though, so you can't. Make, but you can't. Then you can't DH. That's the issue. Is they almost have too much talent, but. On, on the bonus, they've had a lot of injuries, so it's nice yeah, to have that depth. I know, the Yankees have been and what we're saying players. behind Garrett Cole, the Yankees don't have the steadiest pitching staff, given they have a lot of talent, but not necessarily that guy you could throw the ball to in a World Series game and have a lot of confidence yeah. in. 
So to have that offense, you know, hey, we might at least win 8-7 still. It's pretty nice to have that offense. And that's and that goes to the point of if Gary Sanchez, as long as he plays well offensively, you can you can take the L's defensively. You can sacrifice having to catch Agashioka for Garrett Cole. If the other four games a week he's hitting bombs, he's hitting over two twenty, and he's producing offensively. Yeah, no, but I, I still think if you sell, if you if you get a catcher, whatever they pay him, they pay more than fifteen million dollars a year. You can't have your highest paid pitcher be thrown to the, to, not to him. I I agree, but also the Yankees have not been known to care about the money. I know Cashman's been trying to tighten the budget, he has but. You've got to do what you got to do to win. And He's been tightening the budget a little bit. Listen, I don't think Corbin was the right guy at that contract. Need, I get it. The Yankees need, need another guy. Need they, need, guy. A, they need one more starter, likely, unless the younger guys pan out yeah. real quick. I mean, the two, Debbie Garcia and Herman, are two solid young guys. They, they yeah. panned out. Yeah, they, they, I mean, they could have some serious wins this year. With those guys, but also those guys, they could just be, you know, Some not not necessarily flashes in the pan, but they might not be a number two guy in in a title race. Yeah, right. So can you, can you they're gonna rely on Seve. Yeah. So Mets versus Yankees. It, I I mean, you got to say the Yankees are definitely still the favorite. I do like the yeah. direction the Mets are going. There's obviously a lot to be excited about as a Mets fan. I know. A lot of Mets fans are waiting to hear that first big signing. I mean, McCann I was wait. nice. I can't wait. But I think regardless if it's Springer, it's Bauer, they could sign anybody. Mets fans will just be happy to see the Bleacher Report update, the Twitter update. <laughs> the Mets sign someone. Yeah. God X. bless Steve Cohen yeah. for $3 trillion to 30 years. Jason Bay type contract. Oh, don't bring up Jason Bay right now. <laughs> Sorry, that was a low blow. <laughs> Had to make a joke. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> but seriously, seriously, the, Met, the Mets future looks bright. <laughs> It would be really nice if they sign either Springer or Bauer, and then they trade for either Lindor or Arenado. Then you've got yourselves a serious contender on the way over yeah, there. They still got to prove it. They still got to prove it. And they definitely got to shore up that bullpen. I mean, they got Trevor May, but Jury's Familia, Delon Batances, Edwin Batances Diaz. Last year. Edwin, so did Edwin Diaz. Listen, they all have looked good, and they've all looked bad. No, Edwin, yeah. But the question is, do you rely on any of them, and can you count on any of them? You have you have to put your eggs in the basket, Edwin Diaz. And 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 the biggest question mark is: Do you want to make Lugo a starter, or you want no, to put him in a bullpen? Stay, he's staying in the bullpen. He's I, way better in the bullpen. I agree. So now you got a lot of options in the bullpen, but you don't have that guy. The the issue with not having that guy is you have four or five options. I don't want to say Luis Rojas is a bad manager; he's going to struggle with the bullpen. <laughs> but if you have four or five options, you're going to probably start picking the wrong one when it's such a debate. I can guarantee Luis Rojas is not picking one option. He, somebody else is in his ear telling him this is the option. Re- well, regardless <laughs> of who's picking the options, when you got four or five options at the back end of the bullpen, you're going to probably start picking the wrong. Yeah, yeah. That way, if you're the Yankees, you got Ross Chapman. All right, we're winning. You get the ball. If he loses it, he loses it. If he wins it, he wins it. Yeah, but you still gave it to your guy. Exactly. Yeah. But if you're the mess and Trevor May completes one, then he messes up the next one, and it's like, all right, let's give juries a shot. And well, then this, he blows it. This happened, it, this happened and then Diaz. last year with Diaz. And then what Rojas came out and said Diaz is our guy. I think Edwin Diaz is a spectacular pitcher, a lot of talent. But I also think I've never seen so many home runs go five feet foul yeah. by a pitcher in my entire life. His stuff is tremendous. I don't understand how he gives up so many 400-foot 
bombs, but he does. Dude, he just looks like he has brain farts like at least like once every three outings. It's, he has no idea. Like like he has no idea where the it's. It's truly at. incredible too because it's just as a closer. It's not like he's a starter going five, six, seven innings. And it's all right. He has issues flipping the order. Yeah. He missed two spots on a hundred pitches. This guy's missing one spot right down the middle of batter. Like <laughs> you, you gotta lock it in. You just can't allow for that to happen. If you're up by one run, you're the closer. You gotta slam the door. You're throwing hundred miles an hour. You got a wipeout slider. You should not be giving up home runs. If you give up three singles, fine, I'll live with it. But you can't be giving up four hundred foot bombs to tie the game and lose a game. I agree with you hundred percent. All right, Mike. Speaking of games, how about the games this week we got coming up? Uh, Knicks are Knicks are playing the Pacers tonight. They're plus they're seven and a half point underdogs. Do you think they cover that game? And they are definitely not covering that game. <laughs> Here's what I got in the Knicks tonight. I think the Pacers team is really solid. You got Malcolm Brogdon, Victor Oladipo, TJ Warren, Sabonis. You got Miles Turner off the bench. They got the Holiday Brothers. They got a lot. But they I mean, Warren is a game time decision. I think he plays, but the Knicks it's gonna come down to the guard play. It's gonna come down to does RJ Barrett score twenty to thirty points? Is Julius Randle spinning into double teams, or is he moving the ball? And then, how good is that interior defense? Or no, there's no well and Mitchell Robinson legit. I think all that is good, but how many? I'm gonna say this: How many players is RJ better better than on the Pacers? Like, where do you rank him if he was on the Pacers? That's it's a tough. It's a new year. It's it's really difficult. If I was gonna say going into the year, they're going in. Gosh, I mean, I'm trying to not <laughs> let my Knicks bias get to yeah, me here. Like maybe. T- I, I mean, I mean, in the top three, Jeff. Sabonis and Oladipo are certainly the two best players in this game. Yeah. Without question. I think I would definitely say TJ Warren right now is above Barrett. Exactly. So I think think Barrett could be better than Brogdon or Miles Turner, but that's tough. But the NBA comes down to stars, and the Knicks currently have zero. So they're losing this game, and they're going to lose by a lot. The the, the Knicks (laughs) are definitely going to lose this game, but the the only place where you can find hope is if Emmanuel quickly lights it up off the bench he brings Kevin Knox with him, and he's draining five threes. And you got Mitchell Robinson hosting a block party. He's going to say, Mikey Riv, come downtown. We're hosting a block party. Call the SWAT team. Stuff like a Thanksgiving turkey going for five blocks and four steals. They're going to really need a lot of help off the bench. Like he's like he's the savior. He's the next John Starks, he wasn't Mikey. even the first pick in your draft. Yeah, Mikey, I'm not, I'm not going to lie. I thought he was a good pick. I didn't think I'd be this yeah. reliant on him. But Early in the season, too. It's just the, a lot about the Knicks. It, it, also, I mean, we haven't talked about him, but Obi Toppin, he could pop off. How many minutes do he get tonight? Oh, he's, he's going to easily get over 20. I think he's going to be their sixth man. He'll probably be the first okay. guy off the bench. Nice. I wouldn't doubt him and quickly play a ton off the bench. Uh, it depends on what they do with the guard rotation. Yeah. But uh, I think that bench unit is where the Knicks are going to make their killing. I mean, TJ McConnell has been a Nick killer for years. But if they can calm him down, he's 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 not he's nothing special, but he kills the Knicks. <laughs> but you look at that bench unit of Emmanuel quickly. You got Frank Nilakina. You got Reggie Bullock. You got Kevin Knox, Obi Toppin, Mitchell Robinson, or New Orleans Well, which one doesn't start? And then you still have Dennis Smith Jr. Who knows if he's serviceable or not? I'm not gonna say how it playing, but I, I, some of these guys aren't gonna play tonight. But the ones who do, you need them to hit shots. You need them to push the pace, and hopefully, when the starting lineup comes out. You know they're gonna be down by ten points early, and then you gotta <laughs> hope to you gotta hope the bench chips away yeah. and makes it a two point game, and then maybe Barrett gets going. All of a sudden, you have a lead, and that's you gotta just try so, and contain that pace. So, in there's any? Would you even bet the money line tonight? I, I definitely wouldn't bet the money line tonight. I think the Knicks coming in are just facing five really good starters for Indiana if TJ Warren's playing, but I I, I think they have a shot to cover. 
Not necessarily because I think it's going to be within a five-point game the whole game, but I think when the bench unit comes in at the end of the fourth, when they're down by 15, they're kind of just throwing away the last three minutes. Yeah, I, I could see them cutting it to, to six and they end up, you know, they're going to lose by something respectable. I don't think they're going to lose by 25, 30 points like the Warriors did last night. Yeah. But I also don't see them necessarily being a team in this game unless one of those younger guys pops off tonight. Because Alfred Payton, no offense to him, is not going for a triple-double with 20 points tonight to keep him in this game. It's just not happening. No shot. So, And then that brings us to the Giants against the Baltimore Ravens. The Giants are 10.5-point underdogs. So a lot of people are going to count the Giants out in this game. Yeah, there's no chance. See, but you would have said the same thing in Seattle against Russell Wilson. No, but the way Baltimore looked last week against Jacksonville, you couldn't stop. They couldn't stop him. And Jacksonville Mikey, has been Mikey, in every game. Mikey, the key word in that entire sentence was Jacksonville. I get that. There's but a, Baltimore completely dominated. But think about how bad the Jets have been, and they're still getting the second pick because Jacksonville's getting the first pick. Jacksonville is worse than the Jets. Mikey. I, I get that. I know that's a lot to think about. Baltimore has Baltimore beat. Then they beat the Browns the week before, 45-42. I get it. Baltimore's do moving. Do we think the Giants are going to be stopping them? Baltimore's moving, but the Giants defense is very solid as long as Bradbury comes back. So you would, you the would bigger issue the is can they score? I'm not saying I would take the plus ten and a half, but I wouldn't either. I'm all right, not, I'll, I'll, I would I would take the plus ten and a half. No. I, I'm not gonna feel great about it, but I think the Giants defense even against the Browns, they held them in check. It's can they score the ball? And yeah. they, and, and they turned it over twice inside the I fifteen yard line. I just don't see any way that the, the Giants are scoring to keep up with the Ravens. It, it, see, with the Ravens, I'm not worried about that running game. I'm just worried about Lamar Jackson's running game. And they held Russell Wilson in check. So if you can keep Russell Wilson in check, you got a shot at keeping Lamar Jackson in check. I, I mean, I, I'm not saying I feel great about this Giants game coming up, but it's virtually a must-win game for them. Yeah, but they may not have Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones, not having him hurts him, but, I mean, you were the one killing DJ earlier in that yeah, episode. Yeah, but if you want you have a shot, at beating the Ravens. I know they beat Seattle, but we beat that, Seattle. that was like that one win that was like, whoa, what just happened? Listen, the Giants are going to do what the Giants do. They're going to run the ball. They're going to run the clock out. Each team's only going to get a few possessions. If the defense shows up, which I expect them to do pretty solidly, it's just going to come down to do they score in the red zone or not, which they didn't in Cleveland. That's why they didn't have a chance. I mean, they didn't stop Baker, and you expect them to stop Lamar? They had no pass rush against Baker, but I'm not worried about Lamar Jackson throwing all over us. You should be. Our, our, we, we had so many guys out. I mean, with Bradbury coming back, I'm not worried about the pass. It's just the running game. And our interior defense, I think, can hold up Dobbins and Gus Edwards. It just comes down to is Lamar Jackson running for easy scrambling? Is he creating big plays? We'll see if they can keep him in check. Yeah. And then the Jets are playing the Cleveland Browns this week. I think The Jets I... actually have – are actually <laughs> – they're plus nine and a half. FanDuel thinks that the Jets have better odds to cover than the Giants have to cover, which is kind of funny. <laughs> Plus 9.5 versus 10.5 isn't a big difference, but I, I will say I think I think the biggest lock of the week is the Cleveland Browns covering oh, that 9.5. Oh, I 100% agree. Although the, the Jets looked decent last week against the Rams. So. Sam Darnold's good for two picks. Who, who the hell knows, but uh, Baker's been really hot. The Browns are yeah. rolling. Miles Garrett was struggling after COVID to catch his breath. I think another week of just healing up. No, I think he could be I serious think the danger. Browns do things well that the Jets don't do well. The Browns run the ball well. The Jets, their top defensive tackles after the rest of the season, Quinn Williams. So, and Franzo Fadakasi, I don't know if he's going to be there next week. Yeah, I mean, the Jets defense is going to have their hands full of that Browns offense. And also, it's going to be a fun watch uh, matchup to watch in Mekhi Becton versus Miles Garrett. I still think the f- the first and the third overall pick from the same draft class could be fun to watch. We'll see how Sam looks. Yeah, I, I mean, don't think he's going to look too good. But listen, we'll see how he Sam looks. Sam knows. All right, 
Now, hopefully, I don't have to deal with Trevor Lawrence, but Zach Wilson looked pretty good in that bowl game. I don't think just he's feels I just thinking about that. I really think I really think Sam – he said he wants to stay here. I don't really think he wants to stay here. I, yeah, I mean, it's <laughs> tough to say, but the thing is, if Darnold could turn it around, he's got a serious shot at staying in New York. I don't think these last two games are going to be any indication of him staying or not staying. Maybe, but I'm saying if he rolled off another win or two here, possibly against the well, they, Patriots they later in the, in the season, number two pick, so he can do whatever he wants. Yeah, he do whatever. He wants. I mean, if he if he starts slinging a rock, I mean, he made a few throws in that last game where I was like, wow, you know, he he might be worth keeping. Yeah, I'm not basing it off the of last game. He's looked bad this whole year. I agree, but I think in Darnold's perspective, he knows. All right, I got, I got something to prove right now. I remember uh, week three. I think it was week two or week three. His rookie year, he played the Cleveland Browns. He looked so bad. He didn't even look like he was even a quarterback. And then Baker came in and beat – they were up 14 out there. Baker came in and he beat them. That's when they – that's the first Browns win in years. <laughs> and they opened up all the beer, all the refrigerators full of Bud Light. That's how embarrassing it was, Jeff. Well, that's that's pretty pretty much how it went for Jets fans last week, opening up the uh, the fridge for some beer after they won. Yeah, but, I don't uh, think anybody was happy, though. No, nobody was happy. They were drowning in their sorrows. But this is what it is. It's a new week. Now you can root for the Jets to win again. Might as well root for them again at this point. Yeah. Well, thank you everyone for tuning in to our first show of the Big Mike and Buckets podcast. We really appreciate you guys listening, and uh, we hope to be back more so you can uh, enjoy listening to us. Thanks again.